Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot Body Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the beginning of a new Odyssey. This is called the Rhubarb Odyssey. And we're looking at the uh, the seminal, I nearly said iconic there, seminal... Um, BBC One five-minute episode cartoon um, which rocked the world of the children in 1974. It shook every child to his fucking core. Exactly. We were never the same again since and the repeats kept coming and we kept lapping it up. Uh, Rhubarb, also known as Rhubarb and Custard, but its proper name was Rhubarb. Actually, we're going to look at the very first episode of it and Custard's not in it very much. It's got mm. a bit of a pilot episode kind of feel about it. Uh, Custard's there, but it's, it's all about Rhubarb, uh, the dog. And it's the first episode. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia page. We'll do a little bit of background, first of all, before we get properly into the episode. Mm. What's the episode called again? It's called uh, When Rhubarb Made a Spike, which <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. But then when no, we watch the episode... Brilliant. What should we do yeah. for the first episode? Why don't we have it that the dog <laughs> makes a spike? Spikes are good, aren't they? Kids are into spikes. Kids yeah, they spikes. are. Spikes. They love fucking spikes. <laughs> when there's a they're spike like... around, you know there's going to be some action. But are we worried that the children might imitate rhubarb and make spikes of their own? Yeah, so what? They love the them. That's the jeopardy of it. Yeah, well, just then, then after then, you say six months down the line, once there's been a few incidents, you can knock out one of the public service announcements all about spikes and not not doing them. Parents, what do you reckon? I'll we'll do get, that for you as well. We'll get fucking Donald Pleasant to do the voiceover. <laughs> Mothers, are your children playing with spikes? <laughs> might, might there be spikes in your area? Perhaps there will. <laughs> Tell your children not to play with spikes. Think safe. Think think calm. Think spike. It probably wouldn't be. Don't tell your children to play. It would just be like, uh, if you're playing with spikes, play safe. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with spikes. But, you know, just be careful. Spikes are a legitimate toy for all children, as long as they treat them with caution. They can get out of control. (laughs) <laughs> spikes can be dangerous unless you handle them carefully spikes like, are like the most popular. there was this there was a Christmas wasn't there and it was like every month it was a craze in like I think it was like 74 it was a bit before I was born but like there was just the, the year of the spike and every mum mm. was desperately trying to get their kid a spike but like yeah. everywhere sold out of spikes sold out hadn't they and they yeah. were like changing hands for silly money silly mm. money in those days in pu- in car parks of pubs and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. And you'd get, like, illegitimately crafted spikes as well that people were knocking up. Shit, shit spikes from Taiwan. Snide spikes. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is fucking crap. This well, take it or leave it. <laughs> Tick tock. It's fucking this... thirty six hours till Christmas morning, right? <laughs> till Grand Zero round the Christmas tree. If you want your kiddies to wake up spikeless, and that's the sort of Christmas you're hoping for, fine. Be my guest. At the moment, you're up, you're out of options. It's the Taiwan Snide Spike or now. This this fucking spike can't penetrate anything. It's load of shit. Yeah, take it or leave it. I'm not saying I'm not gonna stand here and telling you it's like a top fucking best of British kite mark spike fashioned from Sheffield steel. It's not. It's not that kind of spike. But it is a spike. <laughs> Technically it's a look, spike. Look, kids are stupid, they don't know. They'll just sit at Christmas morning and go, Oh, I've got a spike, brilliant. And they'll they'll just, play with it a couple of times, be, be bored of it, chuck it away. They'll be perfectly happy, they'll go up to a little brother or sister and spike him a few times in the rib. <laughs> Try and spike him in the eye. Bit of eye spiking. <laughs> A&E is fucking full on Christmas Day afternoon with the kids who've been spiked in the eye by their siblings. You, you probably want this cheap one because it's, it's not very good. It's not going to, you know, they won't go blind with it. It'll it hurt pro- them a bit, but they'll probably, go blind. I'll be honest, it probably won't even pierce the retina. <laughs> Thank God. Long term, it's your best bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah Rhubarb uh, first episode when Rhubarb made a spike but um, we'll get into that we'll have a little background stuff from the Wikipedia page uh, British animated children's television series created by Grange Calvary what a Bro, name that what is a name. Grange I'm actually Calvary I'm going to quickly click on that right what Fucking was it he hell. made some other things as well he made Noah and Nelly in Skylark oh man Noah and Nelly, if anything, I loved as much, if not more, than Rhubarb because it came along. It came along when I was like five. Right, Uh, Rhubarb was around, but Nora and Nelly felt like it was. It felt like it was Grinch Calvary Sergeant Pepper. Almost, <laughs> you know, Rhubarb's, Rhubarb was his revolver. Right, Nora and Nelly. This is when he took things. Nelly, he was in his imperial phase. Yeah, Nora and Nelly were on the uh, on the Skylark boat. Uh, you know, gnawing around like off the Bible, right. and all the animals. I don't know if you remember it. All the right. animals had two heads, oh. and um, because obviously there was two of each animal on the ark. Oh yeah, but this was a, a slight twist. This was the this is where the LSD kicked in, I think, because each animal just had two heads and one body, and one head was always happy, and the other head was always grumpy. Oh, sounds like me. Yeah, so Listen. just one head. Grange Cavalry was like this. I like to take creative chances. Yeah. <laughs> People love rhubarb. Uh, but if I'm honest with myself, you know, it was, I was playing it safe. I was playing within my own safety, my comfort boundaries, I call them. <laughs> By the time I'd had, a, but the success I had with that and the praise I was, the plaudits I received, that spurred me on. I was experimenting a lot with psychedelics at the time. And I decided I wanted to take a lot of creative risks and push some boundaries. And that is how Noah and Nelly came about. Came to me during a particularly traumatic um, acid trip where I thought, what about a boat with a bunch of animals with two heads? But each head has conflicting emotion. Oh, man, he did a... uh, There's a blog that he did as well, Grinch Calvary, and there's, there's a rhubarb book, but he just did it on Apple Books. Self-published. Self-published. And it was... Cut out uh, the middle, man. Cut yeah, out the, exactly. I could have got it published, but what's the point? Why do I want to pay 
give a percentage to the publisher, percentage to the designer, public, some percentage to the fucking what, Mr. Waterstones. No, thank you. Bang. I'll Stick it straight out, self-publishing. Yeah. Keep it All up. Right. Apple take 30%, but that leaves me with 70. That's better than any deal you're going to get with fucking Hodder well, and you, Staunton, let, Simon let and Shuster. You, let me ask you, clever cunt. Have you got 70% of what? Anything. Mm, no. Well then, shut up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy the book. <laughs> oh, I want to read that now. <laughs> it's on Apple Books still. Uh, rhubarb, an Ill- illuminated biog woofy, because it's a dog and it woofs. And he's got a blog as well. Uh, he's sadly no longer with us. He died uh, last year. It says. Oh, here. that's a shame. I don't remember that getting much coverage. Should have done. I don't remember it either. August, August 2021. Um, but let's not dwell on his death. Let's celebrate his life. Uh, and he, uh, you know, once again, um, his breeding ground was advertising agencies. Interesting. Uh, in the in the late sixties. So you I know, did not once know again, that. we come back to that. It says after art college, Calvary worked for a number of advertising agencies in London. It was while at uh, Macias. Macy's, yeah. Macy's, that he met his wife, Hanny, who was a copywriter. Um, And Rhubarb was loosely based on Calverley's own dog, a Welsh border collie. Customs drawn after the huge cat who lived next door. It was that simple. He's drawn his own dog and the cat next door, and it changed his fucking life. How about that? Absolutely brilliant. Well done, Grange. Yeah. Um... And each cartoon was written by Calvary and directed by the mighty Bob Godfrey. Oh, I don't know about um, him. What's his story? Uh, well, Bob Godfrey, he did uh, Rhubarb and he also did um, Nora and Nelly. And he also did, if I said to you, Henry's Cat. Fucking love Henry's Cat, mate. Henry's I Cat. I can't believe that Henry's Cat kept going until 1995. It says here, 1983 to 1995. This advertising background thing is now making sense to me because I used to, when I used to go into my dad's office, they had these special felt tip pens, which I always mm. thought was the most, uh, there wasn't much about the advertising industry that ever appealed to me, but one thing did, and it was these fucking special like chubby felt tip pens they had that they drew yeah. all their drawings with, right? Yeah. That's all they were fucking doing was sitting around doing drawings most of the time, right? God. Um, Art so that, club, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just fucking... And anyway, they had these felt tips, and I'd always like say, you've got any old ones that I can have. But they had a... I can't remember what they're called, but they had a particular look about them. They bled a lot. So you draw... If mm. you drew an outline in your black pen and then coloured it in, you couldn't go right to the edge, Andy, because the ink would bleed out. It was that Cross strong. Have you ever used yeah. a felt tip like that? I have, yeah. Yeah. So... But then I was watching Henry's cat and come to get rhubarb, and I'd always think they look like they've been drawn with them felt tips that they only have at mm. like ad agencies, and now it all makes sense. Wasn't that the same kind of felt tip that Tony Hart used to use? Stubby one, maybe. Yeah. Or oh, what else am I thinking? Where else have I seen those big fat felt uh, tips? What about Rolf Harris? He used to. Oh, I can't mention him. <laughs> I read Cancel. a great. Mate, I read a great story about Rolf Harris yesterday. Right, oh, go on, then. I'm reading that. Um, I'm I'm reading that. Um, 
one, two, three, four, Craig Brown, Beatles book, oh, which yeah, is yeah. a wonderful book to read because all it is is anecdote, 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 anecdote. Yeah. Written by one of the masters of the English <laughs> language, Craig Brown, who really is a sensational writer. Few people write a story better than him. And so it's just like each chapter is very short, punchy, revealing anecdote, very often something mm. trivial. At Christmas 1963, I think it was, just as they they were going sort of nuclear, right? Mm. They did a Christmas show at Finsbury Park, and it, the whole and there was a couple of other acts. They were the headline act, and it was three nights yeah. running, and the whole thing was compared by Rolf Harris. Oh wow, that's amazing, isn't wow. it? And Rolf Harris that's- came out and started singing about, started telling the audience about kangaroos. I suppose. Back in those days, Australians were still extremely exotic. The idea of Australia, I mean, it remains exotic, really, doesn't it? But like back then, mm. we're talking pre-neighbours. They're like, who is this guy from this faraway land? And he was talking to them about kangaroos. And John Lennon got hold of the microphone backstage that had been left on and started <laughs> just fucking heckling him and going, that's what you say, Rolf, but I reckon that's the right load of old bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> and Rolf Harris like, just carried on ploughed through didn't acknowledge it and he go and another thing about the kangaroos is they carry a, they can grow up to a maximum height of seven foot and then you just see John Lennon backstage going yeah whatever you're making it all up as you go along <laughs> and Rolf Harris went fucking bananas when he finished his bit he went and he stormed into their room kicked the door open was like listen arseholes that was completely unprofessional. If you want to ruin someone's show, ruin your own. Don't interfere with my act. He you like, did it again, I'm going to snap your balls off. Yeah, it was like that. He tried to start on the Beatles. And they were all, a bit, they were all like laughing at him. Um, Fucking great. Yeah, that, that is, that's, that's why the book is great because it's non-stop stuff like that, basically. And you'll get you'll get like lots of people they tweeting about it saying that oh I think I think you see there that John Lennon knew all along all about Rolf Harris oh, yeah. from back then. <laughs> fucking hell! Um, I've remembered where I've where the fucking fat felt tip action right, yeah. comes from. Um, Quentin Blake on Jack and Ori. Oh, drawing okay, his pictures yeah. as he told the stories. Yeah. That I'm, was a thing. I'm trying and he'd to... have a big a blank page and he'd draw the picture according to what the story was and then turn the pa- the paper over, flip it over, like a whiteboard type thing, and then start the next one. You know what? Yeah. I was so into these felt tips. I can't find them, the picture of them, because I can't remember what the brand was. But I was so into them. And they smelt amazing, Andy. And if you sniffed them, you could get yeah. high, which is something I discovered as I got a bit older, right? So they were so strong. They were petroleum-based. And um, hey, proper ones. And I was so into them that I've <laughs> there was an art shop near my house, and I used to go in and look at them because they'd just have racks of them. They were sort of metal. Mm. They were they had a metal casing. Yeah, they looked not unlike a chode. They, they were chode shaped and and <laughs> dimensioned. They were like chodes, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and they were metal and they had metal lids as well. And art chodes. Yeah, art shows. And they had them in this local art shop. And I was probably obsessed with them because they were in my dad's office, right? And um, I just wanted them. And they were on this huge Mm. rack in the shop. But they were really expensive. Like, you know, Mm. it was like £2 for one or something. Do you know what I mean? It was like mad because they were only used by pros. 
And um, I just I'd, remember my granddad had some, but I can't think why he would have had them. And I, I don't think I was allowed to use them, but I like to sniff them. Yeah, because it's sniff. They were amazing. Incredible. But and, they, you um, get off your face with them. Slightly. Yeah, you really could. People did. Um, mm. They, uh, yeah, they were really expensive, and I don't know. I don't want to come across all like Oliver Twist, but um, I asked my mum for like some for, for like my birthday or whatever but I could only have one at a time but I didn't oh, care because I yeah. chose them like Star Wars figures I want a red <laughs> one and then you'd have a red one and then you'd wait for the next big birthday or Christmas or maybe yeah, you've got some one. pocket money you go I like a blue one now and then like really oh. slowly you collect them but sometimes if I was at my dad's office the people who did the drawings the drawers, I believe they were called. Yeah. Um, they'd be sitting around drawing their adverts. If there was some left over that were old, mm. I would get my hands on them so they'd be chucked. And how you revive them is um, you get, like you know, like a yellow can of lighter fuel. Right, yeah. If you just pour some of that on the tip of the pen, oh, it, right. it revives it for a certain what amount a of time. Life. It's like you pulling know. a choke on a car. Yeah. <laughs> So, little tip for you there. I don't know if they still allow these sorts of pens because, um, uh, probably because people, I mean, some people overdid it with the sniffing and dropped dead, of course, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, there were many deaths. It was merely spikes and pens, wasn't it? Solvent deaths were huge. I don't know if they still are now. My brothers were so into solvents, right? It was unbelievable. Just non-stop <laughs> solvent, 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 solvent. Yeah. And it was sniff, disgusting. Sniff. They'd do it in the yeah. house. They'd get fucking glue and pour it into bags. I mean, I won't name on which jump, one. On the sleeve was, of their jumpers, that kind pro- of thing. Probably the brother you'd least expect was, of the three of them, was absolutely like a, a solvent fanatic. And I still sometimes ask him about it now, and he talks he talks about it like a connoisseur of solvent. Misty eye. I was going to use the word connoisseur. Yeah, that's what he's like. He's like, you know, like a sommelier would talk yeah. to you about wine. That's what my brother's like talking about solvents. I mean, I, I doubt he's done a solvent since yeah. he was like fifteen. But I think between the age of about twelve and fifteen, it was just like his life revolved around solvents. I mean, you could you could get gloy. That was an entry level kind yeah. of solvent, but the, yeah. the hit wasn't very I strong. Should actually, it I, should tell, I should tell him to do a podcast about solvent nostalgia. <laughs> you could have a different guest each week talking about yeah. right. Each week I asked, um, "What was your first solvent? What was your last solvent? What was your best solvent? And which <laughs> solvent are you putting? Are you putting in the bin?" <laughs> right. So, right. You get which, one which solvent one? you can throw in the bin. Which is which, it? Which one do you want to send to Solvent Hell? (laughs) 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 It's mad those things where you just make up like fantasy, like just you just make some shit up and then I don't know and turn it into a form of entertainment like that food heaven, food hell. I suppose it's just testament to how thick people are, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, jalapeno. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. Um, so then fat pens, yeah. Um, fat pens are all arranged back there. But Bob Godfrey, yeah, did, did Henry's Cat. Um, we'll get to see what else he did. He did loads of stuff. Henry's um, Cat. There was well a, known, some not so well known. Henry's Cat was like, um, there was a gal in my tutor group at school and she was very common, really common. Okay. I mean, like there was a lot of common kids, but she was like excessively common. Right. And, uh, but she was nice. And actually, I, I won't name her because I still see her around sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's still she's common. common. But she was nice. She was nice common. And uh, we used to call her Henry's cat because Henry's cat, they used to go, ow, said Henry's cat. And that's, yeah. that's how she'd talk. She'd yeah. go, ow, fucking hell. Well, I got him with sandwich. Ow, fish paste. Ow, I fucking hate fish paste. And they'd be like, fuck me. She sounds like Henry's cat, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> And of yeah. course, Henry's cat. The voice was done by Bob Godfrey himself. Oh, okay. His uh, involvement grew uh, as his career grew as well. Henry's cat, yeah, like you said, went until nineteen ninety five. Apparently, uh, that doesn't seem to tie with what I'm looking at in the series guide. They did eighty three, eighty four, mm. eighty six, mm. eighty seven. 92 to 93. They were just putting them out like kind of special episodes, I think, in the end. But, um, yeah, Henry's cat was great. And it's Bob Godfrey. And I remember reading or seeing some interviews with him. And he was quite subversive. He was kind of a, kind of a, um, a hippie type fella. Right. I think he was, he was, he definitely wasn't some kind of jolly, let's do kids TV kind of fella. Yeah. There was a bit of subversive stuff it's going on It's always good when like the people who make jolly, children's content turn out to just be miserableists. Yeah. Sort of funny, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, he also did. Do you remember the Trio chocolate biscuit? Ah. Oh. Do you remember those adverts? Trio. Yeah, you can Yeah, yeah. you can see the similarity, actually, He'd can't you? He'd done them as well. Trio. So that's your Bob Godfrey, who did the illustrations on I'll tell you what, who, who, who I'd liked. I mean, it's another, it's the second cancelled person that I'm mentioning today. But I would love it if Morrissey had done a kids' TV show. Yeah. Well, maybe. I know you don't particularly like Morrissey being mentioned because... Oh, I don't I, mind I, it being mentioned. You, you, you've got a problem with his racism, right? <laughs> but <laughs> you've got some kind of problem with Morrissey's incessant <laughs> racist outpourings, it's which is fine. I, 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 res- I respect that. Right, but uh, I'm just saying. Imagine if he had his own kids' TV show, either an animation that he wrote and voiced, or yeah. something. Imagine, you know, Run Around with Mike Reed. Imagine if they brought it back, but it was hosted by Morrissey. Morrissey's Run Around. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. On your marks, get set. 
Run around, run around, see the little children run. <laughs> Suffer, little children, run like you're running from Hindley and Brady. <laughs> On the moors at night time, see how you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just an idea the for any of our eyes in the the Lancashire night sky. <laughs> Fucking hell! You uh, any? Uh, well, I believe we have some high flying television executives who tune in from time to time. It's another Do free, it? another freebie for you, there, cunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he seen his latest trick, Morrissey. He walked off trick. He walked off stage because he's doing an outdoor show somewhere in America, I think. And he walked off stage because it was too cold. <laughs> like five minutes at the gig or something. Yeah, he oh, It's too cold. It's icy on my delicate skin, my English skin, my English blood. <laughs> Fucking knob. Um... Hang on, I lost me, lost me place. There we are, rhubarb. That's what we're doing, isn't it? So Andy, yeah, it's great. can I just ask you a quick question? Of course, just you can. real quick. Have you ever referred to your stuff, the stuff that you've got in your house and whatever, yeah. as your belongings? <laughs> <laughs> because Fucking hell! If you haven't, I'm really strongly suggesting you start doing that. Yeah. I don't think I have. It's just always been stuff. Stuff. It sounds yeah. good, though, doesn't it? I was in a shop earlier. Belongings. And there was a box, and it was just one of them boxes that people put bits in. It's mainly mm. a posh person thing, having a wooden box to put things in, isn't it? Mm. Um, but it said on it, engraved, for my belongings. Oh, that's nice. And I thought, yeah, you can really elevate your stuff. By referring to it as belongings, can't you? But it's it, it's a different level of stuff, isn't it? It's stuff that you want to put in a box. It's not all your stuff. It's just your belongings. You mate, if you're at a hotel, right, even if it's a premiere in, go up after you've had your breakfast, go up to the receptionist and go, what time's check out again? And mm. she goes, it's, what time is it at premiere? Is it 11 or 12? It's 11, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's 11, sir. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. That just gives me half an hour to go upstairs and... Gather my belongings. Gather my belongings, yeah. And she's like, fucking hell. I didn't realise we had an aristocrat staying with us. <laughs> Jesus, did you know? Yeah. That that geezer in fucking room 318, he's like, I don't know, he's some sort of high roller from out of town. He looks so normal. He looks normal, he but like... ordinary. I don't know, I think he's like a, a like I think he's in the royal family or something, but, I mean, he, put, put it this way, he just said he had to go up and fucking gather his belongings. He, he looks and sounds really common. When I saw him come in, I thought he would probably talk like Henry's cat. But no, he's really posh. He came in eating a cheese sandwich from the spa, right? Out of a plastic White box. Bread. White bread and everything. He didn't it's care. Cheese. It looked disgusting. He was just eating it. And he spoke, when he checked in, he spoke to me and there was like all crumbs of cheese and bread flying out of his mouth. <laughs> and I thought, oh, quite common. But, you know, it's normal to see common people here. But now he's going on about his belongings that he reckons he's got up in his room. Sometimes they come here if the travel lodge is sold out. <laughs> yeah, and they have to fucking... They want to large it a bit in a Premier yeah. Inn. He's like, fucking hell, now 
He's, 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 got, he's claiming he's got some belongings. And he didn't say he was going to pack them, right? He said he was going to gather them. He's gathering them. <laughs> Fuck it up. Send someone up. Call the manager and send them up to help him. Yeah. We can't let a man like that gather his own belongings. Uh, How will it look on the, us? Activate the valet service. <laughs> He's a premium customer. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never used belongings before. Well, um, it's, to me, I would say file that next to... Um, walking around with your hands behind your back. Just gonna sit. I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah. Because uh, me and my boy were walking back from the Sunderland match the other week. Sunderland yeah. nil Cardiff one, and uh, there was a fella about six feet in front, and he walked all the way through the sheep falls towards town with the hands clasped behind the back. Was he a Sunderland fan or a Cardiff fan? He was a Sunderland fan. Sunderland nice. fan. He'd have to be. To, you'd have to be a home fan to be. Um, to be that, that confident. confident, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd have to feel like you're on your own turf. Well, even after a defeat as well. Yeah, I was astounded. Didn't bother him. But I thought, I thought maybe he clocked me and he was taking the piss. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He'd seen me and he'd gone in front and started doing the walk. It's certainly one of those. What I call it is life upgrades, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're we're quite good at identifying and dispensing life upgrades to our listeners, and mm. that's two examples that go really well together. Walk around with your hands clasped behind your back. And refer to your stuff as your belongings. As your belongings. And you're aware. No looking back once you start doing that all the time. You will get... Tri- Honestly, you will notice the difference. And yeah. abundance will come come upon you. Abundance, is that another one? Do we use that? Yeah, no, but you know, like, there's a lot of people nowadays going around saying that you can manifest whatever you want. Noel Edmonds says that, doesn't he? Yeah, but he, he was saying it ages ago, but now it's going mainstream. Is it? It's on Instagram now. TikTok. There's, there's a there's a a phrase that I heard earlier: quantum consciousness. Fucking anyway, great. apparently there's a, there's a science. There's <laughs> Tell a, me more. There's a scientific theory called the. Let me just quickly Google it. I think it's called the double slit. I know that sounds like a sex term. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> right double oh. slit test I hope I don't Fucking get any porn what? out of this double slit experiment in modern physics the double slit experiment is a demonstration yeah. that light and matter can display characteristics of close of both classically uh, defined waves and particles moreover it displays mm. the fundamentally probabilistic nature of quantum mechanical phenomena You're following right. me so far right uh, this type of experiment was first performed by Thomas Young Blah, blah, blah. This is what happens, right? The fucking light will travel in waves. Right. But if you, it, when a human looks upon it, it suddenly straightens out and starts travelling in a straight line. Yeah? Yeah. Right. So that means the energy, the light energy, is being mm. controlled by your own consciousness. You expect right. to see the light in a straight line. When you're not looking at it, it's doing its own thing. It prefers mm. to travel in waves. But when you look at it, it goes in a straight line. So what right. everything we see around us is being shaped by our own consciousness. Our own interpretation of it. We form okay. it. Yeah. We form it. Now, once you get your nut around that, it's a short step to thinking. Because when someone was telling me this earlier, I was really interested and I was trying to follow it because it was complicated stuff. But I'll be honest, all I was thinking was, this sounds like something that if I master it, 
I could conjure a pair of tits at will. Yeah, yeah. Just on their own. I could see. I could see some tits whenever I wanted. Detached from a body, just floating. No, well, it depends how my consciousness would want want them to manifest. I probably wouldn't want them detached from a body. It did make me think a couple of things from my youth that I think tied in to um, quantum consciousness. Number one, there was a girl I fancied really badly uh, when I was about 13, 14. Actually, the crust probably went on for, well, probably still to today, to be honest. I mean, (laughs) if I saw her, I'd probably still be like, what? But um, I was walking along the street at the weekend when I was about 14, and I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I started to think, I wish I could bump into her now. But I was nowhere near where she lived and nowhere near the school. Mm. But I kept thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if I just bumped into it? And I kept thinking it over and over again. Then suddenly a shop door opens. Who steps out? Fucking her. There she is. You manifested her. I manifested this girl that I fancied. And then, of course, that should have been a moment. If it was a rom-com, it'd be like, I manifested her. This is where it all starts. But in fact, it's when, all right, and carried on walking. (laughs) It went all red. (laughs) But the other one is, which is a very early story in... um, in a top light time machine when we used to do was it called surprise boobs surprise tits we had to stop it because there was too many wrong uns um but it was about when i used to sit at stamford brook station which was my local tube station to get the tube to school in the morning Mm. and there was just a woman who every morning would get undressed in uh, and get out of this in in and then out of the shower on the flats opposite right in my eye line from the platform yeah and I often felt that I'd manifested that as well. Yeah. So I'm start. So, what I'm saying is, mate, I'm starting to believe in manifesting shit. Okay. So you could do that. I mean, you could just imagine some tits, couldn't you? Yeah, you can do they that. They have to be there in front of you. But I mean, you could it, probably 3D print some as well if you're really desperate. Is it the same as just, see, uh, you know, just seeing like, oh, I don't know, just surprise tits, mate. Like you're out it the all- window. Look out the window it, and then there's a woman, she's just yeah. like topless. It all feels a little bit like the kind of stuff Brian Cox will come out with and everyone just goes, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Cause Brian yeah, Cox and he doesn't explain it, it. And he can't back it up. Yeah, it feels well, a bit like that. I can back it up because I have a Wikipedia page open in front of me, which right. is entitled The Double Slit Experiment. Fucking hell. Right, Look it I up, mean, mate. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, is it is it does it class as history box? Oh, are we gonna are we gonna spin off into science box? Oh, and, I like where you're going. Yeah, could happen. Could we happen. Could we haven't, we haven't completed all boxes. the history yet, but we're getting there. We're gonna have to we've, think of something to do after we've done history. Human history, at least not. We and quite a lot of natural history. When you think of the one we did about mud, that we went on mud. for weeks. Yeah. So we've done natural history. Yeah. I tell you what, we should do as a history box. Just simply What's this. That? This is the title. The Dinosaurs. Fuck me, that'll be like four years. Yeah. Four years of episodes. Just everything about the dinosaurs, because dinosaurs were really living out loud, weren't they? Did they we had one... Di- did they we had do one, the dinosaur book? They had one... He- book of dinosaurs. No, we did monsters. Oh, and we ghosts. did monsters and ghosts. Monsters and ghosts. I see where you're thinking it, though, because monsters... A dinosaur is like a, a cross between a monster and a guy. <laughs> And a ghost, yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, they're monsters yeah. from the past that still define our present. So if they're around now, they're ghosts. I tell you definition. what, if it wasn't for those cunts, 
we wouldn't have all this global warming going on. Because don't true. forget, it's their fucking fossils that we're, that we're fucking melting yeah. into oil that is then destroying the planet. Well, we should have just left them alone, shouldn't we? There's fossils. For leave the explorers fossils to look at. Hey, leave well alone. Mm. That if, if if once mankind civilization dies out, which feels like it's going to be pretty soon, uh, I reckon you know maybe in another thousand years or something, it will start to slowly rise again. Yeah. And if there's anything in the history books left after we've all burnt to a cinder, yeah, under the sun's horrific rays, right? Um, I hope that future civilizations take one thing away from what we've learned, and that is leave fossils where they fucking are. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And fossil byproducts. Yeah. Um, right, that's the first episode of the Rhubarb Odyssey. Uh, I think we've demonstrated, but yet again, why we're not allowed on Talksport anymore. Um, right, can we'll I just say this? This part two. This oh, episode was then. sponsored by Lavazza Coffee because I had a fucking triple before we started recording. <laughs> that that makes sense. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll be back with a bit more rhubarb. Maybe we'll even look at an episode <laughs> next time. But you know, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.